Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Serpent Cast. I am Annabelle Gatt. I'm Sophie St. Thomas. And today we are here with Xenia Vare, the owner of Myths of Creation, which is a extremely popular store here in Brooklyn, and you probably have seen it online because your Instagram is popping, as they say. <laughs> I mean, I feel like every time I follow someone on Instagram, like one of the mutuals is always misappropriation. <laughs> like they, <laughs> like they, like follow, like, like, like somehow it's connected. So yes, fantastic store, and you're you don't just own a store, but you're also a writer. You're like a creative. You're an intuitive counselor. You do a lot of things. I do a lot of things with yeah. great with fashion. Oh, you should see her outfit. Yes. <laughs> what is your sign, and what is your Hogwarts house? God, I don't know my Hogwarts house. And That's well, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. We have a spell. Cool. Yay! <laughs> okay, so I'm in Aries. Double Aries. Animals Aries. Uh, I don't know if everyone's going to know what this means, but my Aries is in an intercepted house, so I'm kind of like a closeted Aries. Interesting. Wait, yeah. I want to hear what the, that means. Depending on which house system you use, and there are many, your, uh, a zodiac sign might be enclosed in a house but might not actually rule a house. So for most people, if you're using a house system like Placidus, there's going to be two houses ruled by Mars, one which is Scorpio, the other which is Aries. However, if you're using a house system that includes intercepted houses, then Aries won't rule a house, and there is no Aries house technically. So if we think of the houses as literal houses, the sign on the house cusp is like the owner of that house. Mm -hmm. So in Xenia's case, Pisces is the owner of that house. Mm -hmm. And then Aries is just kind of living rent-free in Pisces' home. And then the next house is going to be ruled by Taurus. So it's sort of like, you know, this Pisces energy, big, extravagant, creative, psychic. Aries is staying there, crashing on the couch. Maybe Aries has its own room. (laughs) But that's an interception. However, if you use whole sign houses, then this isn't an issue. Yeah. So I just bring that up because I feel like my personality is a closeted Aries. Like people talk about like, oh, they're so assertive and they're so to the point and like I will circle round and round something before I say it and I'm like very like, I want to go with the flow. So I feel like my Aries is waiting to come out. Well, that sounds very Pisces, what you just described about wanting to go with the flow and you even did like a bit of a wave motion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I don't know my Hogwarts house, but I'd love to learn a little bit about that. Do you know your rising and your moon sign? Yes, my rising sign is Aquarius and my moon sign is Gemini. So it's probably a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Ravenclaw. Tell me about Ravenclaw. Um, They're intellectual. um, Yeah, they're intellectual, very logical. Um, It's the air. It's it's like the air house. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. You have this air thing happening. The sword energy, yeah. Yes. I feel that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your spiritual practice and how that comes into play as a businesswoman. So this is such a... I mean, Fun. you always have, like, really cool witchy people at your store. <laughs> like, how do you even pick, like, who's going to be there that day? Because sometimes you have people giving readings. Yeah, so basically, so I opened my store, like, four years ago, and I really just wanted to have an affordable boutique in the neighborhood. And at first, it was all about affordability. And about a year into my journey with the store, I had this session with a psychic. His name is Hank Hivnor. And once I had that first session with him, it kind of, like, blew my whole mind open and I was like oh my god this is like what actually is true like this unseen realm everything this person is saying makes so much more sense to me than everything else I've studied and so I was kind of like oh my god I opened the store but now I kind of totally changed as a person a year into it what am I going to do so 
I tried to find ways that I could create sort of one-off playful situations where I could bring spirituality into the store without sort of freaking people out. Because it's a clothing store. Like some people just want like a dress for the club and like that's okay. <laughs> and sometimes people are even like, um, I've had people tell me like, I don't understand like why anyone would say crystals have powers. That makes no sense. So I'm trying to cater to this audience who's like really dipping their toe into the spiritual waters. And one of the best ways to do that, I feel like, is with mini readings because, I mean, you're an astrologer, so you totally understand, like, kind of getting a relationship into a relationship with a healer is kind of like finding a doctor. So you don't kind of want to, like, sign up and pick your primary care physician, like, without ever meeting them. So I feel I like... I did that. It was a... Tra- <laughs> I am still traumatized. <laughs> they body shamed me. Oh, they no. orientation shamed me. They tried oh, to take away my nose job. Oh, my God. <laughs> such a nightmare. No, they, were, they really were horrible and very hungover. So I'm with you. <laughs> That's why I feel like mini readings are so cool because you can get to know a practitioner. And I really make all my friends on Instagram because I'm so shy, actually, um, in real life. Like, if you walk into the store on any given day, I might not talk to you, like, the first four times I meet you. And I think that's a little bit of the Aquarius rising and, like, the closeted Aries. I don't know. But I'm, like, really sensitive. Um, But on the Internet, I will just, like, slide into your DMs, like, so (laughs) fast because I'm my Gemini moon. Mm. Makes it so I, like, I'm obsessed with connecting with people. So I usually try to make sure that I choose people that I've either experienced or are, like, really people that I've heard of or been referred to by other people because there's a lot of people out there practicing their magical stuff and you can do serious damage if you don't know what you're doing or if you're not like totally, you don't have a lot of integrity. Um, and I don't mean to spin that in a negative, but I mean to say or like... Or maturity. Or maturity. Or experience. Totally. Experience. Yeah. yeah or totally. just like self-awareness, I think. You know, I think a lot of people to me just look like these like chaotic magic balls who have like no idea what their energy is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, let's be honest about it. I think that to a lot of people, magic and spirituality, tarot reading, astrology has become a way for them to make a quick buck. Mm. Um, Because it seems like something that you could just wake up one day and do. And this is a misconception that people have with a lot of different professions, whether you're an astrologer or a sex worker or even a bartender, Mm -hmm. which is that people think that you can wake up one day after having read a few astrology books and be able to give a good reading when that's entirely not the case. You know, sometimes people ask me, how how did I get to where I am today as an astrologer? Like, what was that like? I'm like, well... It started way fucking back in 2004, (laughs) 14 years ago, when I was, like, doing everything I could to scrape together money to to go see teachers, to learn more about everything that I wanted to know about. It took years of learning how to actually, like, sit with clients. It took years of bartending and having, like, quote-unquote, like, real jobs on the side to be able to save up money to actually build up clientele to learn how to write like as a freelance writer and then so many like a decade and a half later now I'm able to like do my profession comfortably and people don't think that that's how it works they think that like oh you know um oh wow my mind has like suddenly been expanded because I like went to like an astrology reading and like I like went to a class and like now I know and I'm gonna do it I'm gonna make money and because we have Instagram it's 
really easy with the to right sell decorations things. and yeah. It's all about marketing. So yeah. if you know how to market yourself, you can be anyone. Certainly, people enter sex work thinking that like, oh, this is going to be a really easy, quick way for me to make a buck. Mm. And while that's true, you can definitely look out and and you know make some fast money. But the fact of the matter is, for most people who are invested in sex work, it's you building have to, a career like you would yeah. at any other Buying thing. photo shoots, um, hair and makeup for those photo shoots. And um, ads, and then ads. building up your clientele. And, and yeah, and, and you know, and uh, having the, the recommendations and, and us, exactly. yeah. And then, you know, the same with any other thing that people think they can make a quick buck off of, like whether it's like bartending or something else. The people just think they can just wake up one day and do it. And it's a bit can't. classist. I'm getting angry over here. I know. But it's I like totally dismissive. Like, yes. you know, like, yeah. So it's amazing to have a boutique where there's someone like you who's really betting these people. Yeah, I really think it's so important. And like I, our mutual friend, Kelly Buseman, just came out with that article in the New York Times about the process of becoming a certified astrologer, which is not like something every astrologer does, but I'm actually in astrology school right now with a friend of yours, Rebecca Gordon. Um, Rebecca Gordon is amazing. <laughs> Kelly Buzan is, is my old editor at Broadly. Uh, she's absolutely phenomenal. You can thank her for having the vision to put horoscopes on Vice. Yay, Kelly. Um, I was just reading through the article, and she's just talking about all the math required and the years of practice and how long this, specifically astrology, not to like, just because I know more about it. Like, I learn about one planet a day um, in the class that I'm in, and I have to read like, you know, six books just to start to wrap my head around how to explain this to people. And like, people, when they sit in your chair, they're so vulnerable, Uh and you have to be you can't show them, you have to come from a place of surety and confidence and safety. And I just, you know, I'm so glad to have people like you around who have done all their homework because it's like, I have so many, I have so many, I know some people who are like, I'm an astrologer now. And it's like, (laughs) great, I don't want to discourage people. I think that kind of confidence is like really amazing, but it's like a real science. It is. You know? Yeah, Callie Buzman's article, um, I have to double check it, but I'll post a link to it in the show notes. I think it's called astrology is hard even if it's fake or something like that. (laughs) that. Very witty. Um, And it's actually about the test that I had to take to become a certified astrologer. It's not easy. Yeah. No. Strong Aries over here did it though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have a question for you. I was reading through your blog and I read about how in Filipino culture the oldest uh, sibling goes to school and then pays it forward to the other siblings and like helps out. And I was reading about how, you know, it can be kind of difficult when like your parents are from one culture, but you are from another culture. I was wondering if, I just wanted to hear you talk more about that because it was such a beautiful thing to read. And I just really like, I don't know, I think that you have an amazing blog so people should check it out. Thank you. I was born in the Philippines and I came here when I was like one or two. And my parents just, they did not want me to not fit in so Uh they didn't teach me Filipino which I'm like still so bummed about and they also like were super Catholic so there were a lot of things about their own practices that like they didn't understand at all so uh, something interesting about a lot of Filipino Catholics is they're highly superstitious or a lot of them are I don't want to make these like gross generalizations like my mom will do things like if someone gets a new house she's like I have to bring you this bag of rice and I'm like Okay, yeah, the Catholic Church totally wants that bag of rice in this house, sure. Um, and I started, like, trying to learn a little bit about, like, Filipino spiritual, like, ancient mysticism. And it's all about 
animism. So in ancient Filipino culture, we just believed everything was alive. So you feed the land spirits, and that's a way of like kind of making a sacrifice when you get a house to like put rice there. My parents don't know why they do that. Um, I don't think I've ever told them about this. But something that I feel like really impacted me was... Uh, Sorry, um, there's a cat. It's the cat. A cat, really a cat. And I'm obsessed with cats. And I love cats. You, you know, can I interrupt? <laughs> yes. This is Major Tom Cat. His name is Tommy, but he is... Um, like the shyest cat in the world and you're like the first podcast guest that he's ever come out from under the bed for so something about your voice your energy this is like tom cap sitting here is a really big deal for tom cat i'm totally flattered i'm not going to push my luck and try to pet you (laughs) i'm really glad you're here um so, yeah, my mom really wanted me to fit in, and I think that because of that, she did this thing where when I went to school, she would say things when I got home, like, did anybody laugh at you in the Aww. dress I put you in? So I always had this thing in my mind about, like, how people react around you tells you if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Ah. And I'm still kicking that. I'm 35. Yeah. You know, I'm still kind of, like, trying to get out of that habit, and I feel like spirituality is so... Like, there's nothing you can rely on except yourself in your practice. Like you can read as much as you want and you can practice as much as you want. You can go to as many readings as you want, but really if you can't like sit with yourself and like tune in and like be in a really like kind of dark, quiet space, you just don't get the information. There's no power there. There's no movement there. So because I kind of lacked that guidance being from another culture um, where my parents couldn't understand me and I couldn't understand them and we were kind of so lonely in that way like we both kind of felt disrespected all the time Um, it just kind of I feel like spirituality really helped me find a way to have an inner authority because I never had that through a parent so I never modeled it for myself and I'm still working on it you know I'm still developing it but yeah I love that question I love um, talking to other Aries because I feel like we're very, I feel like if if we could curate the self-help section at Barnes & Noble, it would look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, all, like Aries rules the head and I feel like we're all very um, mental and psychological in a really interesting way because it's not in the air sign way of like analyzing things, but it's in a very fire way of like, who am I? Um, what is this? Like, what, I, what am I meant to be doing? Very similar to Scorpio, which is another sign ruled by Mars, which is Scorpio is often thought of as being the detective or the psychologist of the Zodiac. So there's something about these Mars signs that's very, um, I think, introspective and deep, even though we think of Mars as being associated with war. Well, I, like, really trust you. I mean, like, beyond being, like, my best friend, like, if there's, like, a decision about my love life and a partner or work, like, I... I trust your advice, and I'll be frank, like, I, some of my friends, I love them to death, but, like, I'm not, <laughs> not necessarily going to take their advice on something, but Annabelle's one of those people where sometimes I feel a little annoying, I'm like, mommy, should I do this? Like, you know, is this a good idea? Is this safe or good for me? But it always, like, yeah, she, it works out. Yeah, I'm so, I think, like, Aries is a funny thing. Like, I've had people ask me what my sign is, like, at jobs and stuff, like, retail jobs when I was in my early 20s, and I would be like, I'm an Aries, and they would be like, oh you don't seem like one, or, like, I normally sometimes don't like them. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, like, why? And I feel like what you're talking about, this, like, psychological interest, this, like, kind of depth, it's, like, the books always say, like, you know, they're so, like, selfish and self-centered, and, like, I really don't feel that way. Like, in fact, I feel like I'm learning 
I'm learning like to be courageous, which is like one of the traits of Aries when you're like really when it when it's when you're using it well, is like being being courageous is like not knowing what you're doing. And how can yeah. you be self-centered when you don't know what you're doing? You know, yeah. you're doing something new. So I like your spin on Aries. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting the concept of like coming to terms with your sign. Like for instance, and this is interesting for me as a sex writer and who loves what I do, but you get shamed when you're a sex writer. And one of my first memories of being a Scorpio is, I knew, I knew I was a Scorpio, but it was like that, it was like fourth or fourth or fifth grade when people started to learn what oh sex was. And someone must have had some like really astro-oriented parents because someone came up to me and was like, oh, you're a Scorpio. Like basically like, oh, you're the slut of the Zodiac. And the thing was like, I was like, I mean, I wasn't having sex fourth grade, but I always have been like a, a very sexual person who like would be the school joke because I was like, people would walk in on me like masturbating, you know, and shit, like, you know, I was yeah. like a weird little sexual, I was a weird little sexual Scorpio and someone <laughs> called me out on it and I was like, I don't want to be that insect, no, like make me a nice animal one or something. So from it's like my Scorpioism is tied up into also like my self-acceptance of my sexual self. Yeah, huh. totally. Yeah. What you're saying is a little bit about, like, the shame that you felt and, like, calling yourself, like, this, like, weird Scorpio little little kid is, like, that's just about the way people look at that. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I never was taught anything about sex as a kid. Like, uh -huh. my parents made me close my eyes when there were sex scenes until I was, like, I mean, they didn't make me when I was a teenager, but they would be like, close your eyes as a joke. And my dad's joke was like, you can have a boyfriend when you're 32. So I'm like <laughs> still super uncomfortable talking about sex. My little sister just told me, like, she was like, oh, you know, I talk about sex with people. I just never talked about it with you because you don't like it. And I never wanted to bring it up with you. And part of the reason I was like really excited slash like super nervous to come is because like I feel like... So my Pluto's in the eighth house of my chart. I know there's like something to be unlocked in there. Uh -huh. And it's like, this goes back to what I was saying about my parents and the way they kind of taught me to always like learn who I was by seeing everyone's reaction. Like somewhere in there, something like the power of that sexuality didn't come out. And like the body, just in general, like people are so ashamed of their bodies. Yeah, you yeah, know? And like, yeah. I know so many people who are like, I'll be like, oh, I don't feel good today. Like, I'm feeling gassy. And they're like, don't talk to me about it. It's like, it's just your body. Like, it's a body. Um, and so I feel like everything you're saying, like, feeling like a weird little kid, I feel like we're still going through this. Oh, like, my absolutely. hope is, like, little kids will never go through what we went through. I hope not. <laughs> if you do this podcast enough times. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, I mean, you, you, you have worked in retail for a while. How does talking about the body come into play as a oh, salesperson. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's like, I think this is why the store kind of lends itself to spirituality and also retail at the same time. It's like the body is so intimate. So some people will be very like, talk to you while the dressing room is open, be changing, have no top on. And they'll be like, oh my God, I look fucking awesome in this and show me like their ass. And they'll be like, look at me. And some people will like be weird about just putting their bare feet in a pair of shoes and be like, is this okay? So interesting. it's a lot of like feeling people out and then learning how to like, I always say this to people sort of, I like to say, like, you look fucking amazing in this or that. I never lie to people. I'm actually, like, the worst salesperson in the world. <laughs> like, because, like, it's always my goal to make them aligned, yeah. not, like, 
walk out with something, I would say, you look amazing, but if you're not comfortable, particularly with something sexy, then I don't think you're going to wear this. That's truth, yeah. You know, but if it's about you wanting to be this person, like when they say stuff to me like, like, I wish I could pull this off, then I'm like, that's not the issue. Like, the issue is not about you pulling this off. The issue is, like, are you comfortable being this person? Because, like, you look like this, like, this sexy vixen person. Like, you're doing it. That's such a thing. Like, people always, and I am someone who, like, I, I love makeup. I love body modifications. I love weird clothing. Like, that's definitely a big part of my witchcraft as well as just who I am. Like, the idea of costume and using it for whether it's, like, certain gains or just to scare people or to build an image. But... So I wear a lot, so I always get the question, like, uh, I wish I could pull that off. And now I I don't mean to sound like a cocky asshole, but whenever people (laughs) say that, I look at them, and it's usually someone who's, like, you know, so, I mean, everyone's beautiful, you know, but I look at the person, I'm like. You see their radiance. I see their radiance, and I'm like, of course you could pull it off. All you have to do is put it on, girl. Like, you know, yeah. No, it's true. Like, that's why I feel like clothes are more than just shallow like because they're so transformative they are and I do feel like the first time you put on a pair of like thigh high black leather boots which is like actually an experience I had I was like I'm a different person I'm not that comfortable I wasn't that comfortable the first two weeks Mm -hmm. but then I was like oh no part of me is this person and I'm super happy but you have to try you (laughs) do have to try even like I went to like a party the other night that I was a little bit nervous for but thankfully it was Halloween week and I was just like oh I'm just gonna make myself look like David fucking Bowie, and I'll like own this, and it and it totally can change your mood. Yeah, in a second. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So we talk about spirituality too, not just sex. Mm-hmm. What is your spiritual practice like? Um, so my spiritual practice right now is it changes all the time, Moon and Gemini. Um, mm-hmm. But for like at least a month or two, I try to keep something really disciplined. And right now it's dream journaling. And it's like requires so much more patience than I could ever imagine. Like I'm bored trying to remember it and like trying to write it down, but it, it, do you mind if I interrupt? Cause I'm trying to do this, but do you have any tricks? Cause I will have the most, I have them and they'll just slip out of my mind sometimes before I even grab my fucking journal one of the tricks is just to sit up in bed in the dark and just fucking sit there and I think it really is important not to touch your phone and turn your light on yeah because you have to be in like a liminal space but yeah I have another trick which is more about lucid dreaming uh-huh. not so much about remembering no I'd dreams, love to hear it but it's really easy and I did this once and I really freaked myself out so you can as you're going to bed as you're falling asleep you just ask yourself am I awake or am I asleep Am I awake or am I asleep? And you keep asking. And if you ask it and you repeat it so many times in your conscious mind, it kind of trickles into your subconscious. So while you're dreaming, the question comes up. So you can be in a dream and then you're hearing, am I awake or am I asleep? And then you realize you're asleep. And when you realize you're asleep, you can start seeing if you can make things happen that you want to happen and have a really funny lucid dream, which is usually what I do, something funny. But having said that, when I used to do that all the time, it actually started confusing me I started not knowing when I was awake or asleep I was about to say I could see I'm someone who's like mine is already a little screwed up I mean so I'm like I see myself driving myself crazy I hate it when I wake up and I'm like I don't know if I dreamt about something that ever happened before like I will confuse dreams and memories a lot yeah me too and I will sometimes during the day be like I remember something but I don't know if that really happened to me or I'll dream about something and I'll be like did I make that place up or have I 
been there. Yeah. Now, not now to sound like super chippy or hijack, but have you ever? I also will sometimes have the two merge. Like it usually, honestly, it happens sometimes when I'm stoned or like falling asleep, where like a memory, my brain somehow finds like a cross section between a, a plot device in real life and a dream, and I'll have memories start to turn into dreams and be like, oh wait, that's not how it ends. That's your dream. And then I guess that's just making connections between the two, but... I mean, it's making connections, but I feel like what we're talking about is sort of like this Neptune space where it's like, you're so tapped in, but you're so tapped in that uh-huh. like you're living in both of the worlds equally and it's hard to get your footing back over here. Yeah. But it's like something some people can try to do forever, like what you go through, Annabelle, or what you go through, and they might not ever slip into a space where they can go back and forth, but... I like doing that practice of dream journaling because when I do it and write it down, it kind of just like makes me not rush forward into my day. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I'm trying to get better about trying to get better about that. I have a pretty bad habit of just like waking up and I am someone who can who has pretty severe nightmares. They're getting better, but like some bad like PTSD type nightmares. So often I will wake up in a literal panic. And then do the worst thing, which is, like, grab my phone and be like, what are my editors saying, you know? And then it's, like, how you, like to start your day and on such, like, a high level of adrenaline and panic I know is not healthy. So yeah. I could benefit from something like that. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I feel like so much of the day gets like that anyway. It happens so fast. Totally. So that's why I try to, like, anchor myself in this space. And right now, if I just read for 10 minutes before I get out of my bed, it will make my whole day better. It doesn't really matter what I read. So that's I like, totally agree with you. Like the most, the best days I have are the ones where I make a conscious effort not to look at my phone for as long as possible. Yeah. I at least it's, I'm taking baby steps, but right now what I'm doing is like no phone or any electronics until after I've like brewed my coffee, you know, like taking care of things. Like I sit by the window and like sip a whole cup of coffee and like, pet my cats and then we'll go about it it does make a difference yeah yeah so if people want to learn more about you how can they find you how can they follow you um so i'm the most active on instagram which is at shop myths you want to make sure it's plural at the end so shop m-y-t-h-s and you can also go to my website mythsofcreation.com if you want to learn a little bit more about our one-on-one work or find out what events are coming up Amazing. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. And everyone at home, you can support us by going to www.patreon.com slash the serpent cast. We are so thankful for all of you who are making this podcast possible. Our studio sounds good. Thanks to you. So thank you. And you can follow Sophie St. Thomas on Instagram and Twitter at the Bowie cat. And you can follow me on Instagram at Annabelle Gatt or on Twitter at Annabelle Gatt underscore. Mm-hmm.